I got a girl with a mind on love The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up Hey everyone, welcome back to Kevin and the Wu-Tang Clan, and guess what? Football is finally back, and of course, I have my brother on today as we talk about the NFL season. We do a quick, quick preview, just a little one, two-hour preview, a football extravaganza podcast on just what our thoughts are on the season, general overall themes, and then we go division by division, giving our division winners our playoff predictions, who have uh, which one of these teams end up taking one of the six spots in each conference, and then we give our Super Bowl predictions at the end. And then we talk a little bit about some of the week one games that we're looking forward to, and then we also talk about our fantasy football teams as well and what we're happy about some of the drama that's possibly going on in my league already so be on the lookout for that and uh i hope you guys enjoy this podcast and all the podcasts that are to come uh during this nfl season i'm excited to have it finally start can't believe it it's already here we will have football until february thank god uh, thank god for that um, so be on the lookout for all the football podcasts coming out weekly from now till the end of the end of the season during the Super Bowl. So we're looking forward to providing that content for you guys and then also the Premier League content that'll be out weekly as well. So um, be doing two podcasts a week from here on out uh, for the foreseeable future till next June or so. So Thanks, guys, for listening in, and let's give my brother Michael Wu a call. Hello. Hey, Mike. We are finally back. It is that time of year. Football season is back. I'm so excited. And uh, what are your thoughts, Mike? Coming finally coming back on the podcast. I, I'm excited. I mean, I mean, I love the NBA season because it's just like a year-round sport. But the NFL season, it's just that like that short, like the 16 weeks during the regular season of just pure amazing fantasy like greatness. Right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm super excited for this season. There's a lot to talk about this week and uh, a lot to talk about about the uh, upcoming season. Yeah, I know. And we're recording this pretty late on a Wednesday night going into Thursday early morning now. And I think all we've pretty much put this off at the last possible second in terms of putting out a pre like a like a preseason preview type of podcast. Um, right before the season starts tomorrow with Green Bay and Chicago. But all my friends have been asking me, Kevin, what are your NFL thoughts throughout the off season? And I, I've just been able to find time to be able to record something. So I'm glad to have you on right before we're able to have the first game tomorrow between Green Bay and Chicago. But Mike, kind of like heading into the first game tomorrow, what are your what were your like general thoughts about this NFL offseason 
and maybe like some of the big storylines that kind of have uh, dominated your like headspace going into this NFL season? Yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of action, honestly, most recently, right? Um, you know, in, in the past today, Zeke, obviously, with the big extension, um, Jared Goff with the big extension, too. But, you know, in, in terms of, like, the upcoming season, I think I think there's just, like, a lot of potential contenders, to be very honest, right? I, I know you always have the Patriots, but if I look down the list, right, you have, you know, Browns, maybe, of the Steelers, Ravens, you have the Colts, uh, Texans, even the Jaguars, uh, Chiefs, Chargers, and that's only the AFC. You know, I might want to throw my Jets there as well, throw them a bone, you know, a little dark horse. But, uh, yeah, there are just so many potential contenders. Like, there's so much parity in the league. I- I'm really excited for it. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that. And then I think one of the things that I wanted to point out, too, just maybe kind of pointing out and carving out a couple minutes just to talk about the, I would say, maybe the positional important importance of maybe a position like running back and how maybe it hasn't been as valued as some of the other positions going around in the league, kind of evidenced by some of the whole, like the more prominent holdouts um, during the preseason with Zeke now just officially being signed today, as of today, um, him signing his extension and Melvin Gordon still holding out and them still trying to exercise some of some form of leverage that they kind of have, even with what Le'Veon Bell went through last year with Pittsburgh and then him signing this offseason with the Jets um, without even playing last year. And it, it just kind of like crystallized for me how maybe elite running backs um, are rubbing up against the the lack of value that their position has um, currently around the league. Yeah, I mean, we we saw this with, like, C.J. Anderson, like, plugging and playing for the Rams uh, back in the playoffs last season. But, I mean, there's just a lot of data to show um, – you know, the running back position is relatively replaceable, right? You might not get like the four, you know, 4.8 yards from a Todd Gurley, but C.J. Anderson, like he was playing extremely well. Um, and I think he was getting paid like probably around like a million, two million dollars um, versus like a contract with Zeke, which is like, I, I believe it's going to be like 15 million perhaps a year. Yep. So, I mean, honestly, that money right there, um, yeah, I mean, if you're getting comparable, not comparable value, but um, within the same realm of possibility for that value, I see why a lot of teams are a little bit hesitant to give, you know, the running back position that much money, that much guaranteed money. Right, and I think you've kind of seen that in some of the, a lot of the moves that are made throughout the league in terms of either giving younger running backs uh, the rock in terms of what maybe Oakland has out out there with Josh Jacobs and then also possibly uh, like Buffalo moving towards a running back committee 
running back by committee with Devin Singletary and Frank Gore and kind of kicking out their long-term guy in LaShawn McCoy, who ends up joining uh, the Chiefs. So there's just a lot of player movement in terms of what goes on with the running backs. And I think that in turn kind of makes, uh, has made some of the really more interesting um, off-season kind of notes, uh, like really has colored our um, off-season. And that in turn has affected fantasy implications that maybe we'll get more into later in the podcast. But I think that was like one of the bigger themes that I kind of wanted to point it out, point out. And then also like kind of getting back to what you were talking about and how there was just like a lot of contenders when you're going down the list of teams, like, Oh, maybe it's the newness of the NFL season that that's kind of upon us, but you're like, oh, there's some type of hope for each team, even our Jets, right? Even our Jets, where we were clinging on and holding on to hope and saying, hey, I'm knocking maybe, on wood right now, right? Maybe, uh, maybe Savior Sam Darnold's gonna have something for us. So it's kind of like one of those things where, since the NFL season is upon us, we just kind of are gravitating towards all this hope being placed in teams like the Jets or like, and, and the newness of have, having an NFL season upon us that we're just so excited to see football start up. For sure. We'll have to see. Like, I, I can imagine this season just having, like, a, a decent amount of, like, just, like, 9 and 7, 7 and 9 teams, like, 6 and 10, like, 10 and – like, just a lot of teams, like, much more in the middle of the pack. Um due to that parody. Got it. So, like, before we kind of, like, go through each division, um, go through each division to kind of talk about who we like and who we don't like, and then um, maybe just kind of talk about some of the week one games that kind of catch our eye. Coming into this season, is there anything that you would say is, like, is there is there like a surprise team that maybe we should look out for that's maybe not on a lot of people's radar or like on the national media's radar that maybe we kind of should look out for other than maybe our Jets? Yeah, I I mean I'm not even just saying it's just and I do think that there's some you know potential dark horse uh, potential uh, there, but in terms of the AFC. Uh, a team that I look at and kind of like a little bit more than others do. I mean, I think Jacksonville is an interesting play, right? I I could see them winning that division um, there. And for the NFC, um, you know, I'm looking down the list of teams right now, and, um, yeah, like one hmm, – yeah, I mean, Seattle's defense is going to be interesting. Um, they're honestly getting a decent amount of publicity. Um, honestly, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I would have to say Seattle, though. Like, they came on really strong at the end of the season last season. Um, they definitely made some improvements on the defensive end. Uh, we'll just see how much the offense there can handle. But, yeah. 
Got it. So we'll go through each division and kind of talk about like who we think is going to be the division winner and maybe just talk about each division overall. And before we maybe kind of give our like exciting week one game of the week and like what we're, what we'll be looking out for in week one. So Mike, why don't we just start with the AFC East since we're both Jets fans, like kind of looking towards hopefully the impending doom of Patriots of the Patriots reign on the AFC East. Is this finally the year that someone other than the Patriots is going to win? Or is this just kind of, it's just like this, a continuance of uh, Tom Brady's dominance over this division. No, I think the Patriots are still going to take the division. Like their, their schedule is pretty much, pretty much a cakewalk, to be honest. Like, you look at the schedule, they have uh, Steelers first week, it's going to be a tough, one of their toughest games. But then after that, you have Dolphins, you know, the Jets will put up some competition, but they're at home for that game. Um, Bills, Redskins, Giants, Jets again, Browns, who I'm not as high on as other people are. Um, You know, you have the Ravens here, you have Bengals, Bills, Dolphins again. Uh, it's just not too much of a hard schedule. So I, I think the Patriots end up winning this division um, relatively comfortably, but that doesn't mean there's not a wild card spot for our Jets. Yeah, and I mean, I, I'm i agreeing with you kind of wholeheartedly. Like, I don't see the Patriots' reign ending in the AFC East at all. They've, um, they, I mean, it just doesn't, I don't really know how you can kind of think otherwise, especially if Tom Brady's still at quarterback for the Patriots and Bill Belichick is the coach of the is the head coach of the Patriots. I don't understand how anyone else can kind of either put the Buffalo Bills or the Jets above the Patriots with the like no. the same mind no. at all because unless Brady gets injured and even like if he gets injured, then I think the Patriots are pretty much screwed with a rookie quarterback. And even then, I have no idea. Maybe maybe uh, Belichick schemes something up, but it's not like the Patriots like really gave up much during the off season. Obviously, a lot of people will point to Gronk retiring and maybe saying that they've kind of missed something out of their passing game, but they kind of reloaded um, Josh Gordon's back with them as well. Um, so I, I, and then Julian Edelman's back for the, for the whole, whole season this year and not being suspended for the first four games of the year um, through PD. So it's not like, it's not like they're missing that much. And I'm, I'm curious to see how that offense looks without Gronkowski this year. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I think the offense will be fine. <laughs> I mean, they really found their stride by switching a little bit more to a balanced game with Sony Michel. Uh, and obviously you have James White returning, all the like, pass-catching, um, play-action, more tricky plays that they like to run on offense. Um, but yeah, like they, they really found a nice balanced attack um, by relying more on the run game especially later on in the season. And I, I don't see why that would not work. Uh, I think Gronk, obviously, like, I'm, I'm not sure if he was really even getting double teamed uh, last year. Right? He, he's a fantastic blocking tight end. He still was. Um, but, 
yeah, like his his production dropped quite a bit last season, so I'm not sure. Like they'll miss him. It's, it's a decent loss, but it's not going to cripple the Patriots' offense. Like they always find next man up, um, and that's how I sort of see this team being for this upcoming season as well. So I, I think that Patriots go something like 12 and four, um, you know, 13 and three, win the division quite comfortably. I mean, the Bills, Dolphins, and Jets, like, they just haven't proven it yet. Right. So out of, I mean, I think we'll kind of, like, let's get the Dolphins out of the way really quick because they look like they're kind no, of... No, they're, yeah, they're, they, they don't know what they're doing. Well, I don't even know if they know what they're doing, but it's more just like they've kind of given up on the season. They traded their starting left tackle. Uh, yeah. They're starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they... I, I I don't know what yeah, your thoughts they, are. Yeah, they've been enough on the season. Right, but in terms of, like, trade value for Laramie Tunsil, like, I don't really know, like, how many people thought he would have brought back two first-round picks, but that kind of yep. just shows the premium of uh, – premium price that left tackles have on the open market, um, especially someone like that. So he goes over to Houston, gets traded, along with someone like Kenny Stills that, that's been in the media because of um, – the uh, kneeling during the anthem and all the type, all the attention that he's brought to um, the owner, Stephen Ross over there um, and his involvement in politics and things like that. So they kind of get rid of that problem and I'm putting the problem in air quotes um, and kind of getting rid of that so that they can get um, value from draft, through draft capital and kind of having the vision of this year, just being like, all right, we're kind of giving up on this year. Let's see what Josh Rosen or Josh Rosen can do. Um, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick starting the year, and then maybe we can kind of get one of those starting quarterbacks like Trevor Lawrence I'm, or uh, Tua, Tua Tagovailoa um, next year during the NFL draft. So I think that's kind of like their play in terms of what they're doing. They traded Kiko Londo, so they're kind of in this reset mode that seems like they're punting on this year. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. Like, maybe it's not like they don't know what they're doing. It's more like they they know what they're doing, but they're even up on the season. So we'll, we'll take them out of the equation. I think everyone knows the Dolphins aren't going to – yeah, they'll be like 4 and you know, four and 12. Right. Four and twelve, um, three and thirteen, something like that. So, like, I wouldn't yep. be surprised if they're around there. So, let's get to let's get to uh, our Jets, Mike. So, they had a four and twelve year last year. I think there were a lot of struggles, um, but there's some optimism for among Jets fans in terms of maybe um, Sam Darnold being the guy, us finding um, the franchise quarterback that we've so longed for. Um, in what we thought we had in Mark Sanchez early on during his career, during his tenure with the Jets. So what is your optimism level with Darnold and with this Jets offseason? Like, let's say if I had to give, like, if on, on a scale from one to 10, like how optimistic are you with 10 being the, like, we are, like, this is a future all pro type of player or one, it's just kind of like, uh, I'm not like the jury's definitely still out on him. Yeah, I mean, in, in terms of our Jets, Kev, I 
I, I don't want to jinx the season. I really don't. But I'm excited for it. Right? I I think even though we went four and twelve last year, we had a lot of good signs pointing up. And we've honestly we've added a lot of pretty strong veteran players to the mix. CJ Mosley, um, obviously Le'Veon Bell. Um, I, I mean, I do think that we're in a relatively good position. I'm not sure that we're going to make the playoffs this year. That would be just a dream come true. But in terms of having like the eight and eight, nine and seven season, I, I think that that's going to be So looking on the schedule for this weekend, uh, you know, playing Bills must win right there. Just have to win that game. Um, Browns, you know, Browns after that, you know, probably a loss to the Patriots, close potentially with the Eagles, Cowboys, Jaguars, Dolphins, like going down the list, especially at the later end of the season, like there are going to be tough games, but they're not unwinnable for the Jets. Uh, Obviously, you need a few things to happen with that. You need Sam Darnold to take a bit of a leap, right? Um, Encouraging signs from him last season, but Obviously, we need to improve the accuracy. Um, and honestly, like with the improved weapons, we added Tracy Crowder. Um, you know, obviously, you have Le'Veon Bell now, Quincy Nunwa back. Like, he, he is going to have some weapons for the first time. Um, and we'll see how he, he reacts to that. So, obviously, you need his development, Le'Veon Bell. Hopefully, I'm, you know, really praying that this ends up better than we, than a lot of people think. I mean, he's coming off fresh legs. Like, he should. He should be okay, right? Um, and then obviously you have on Jamal Adams, C.J. Mosley. So the defense, which wasn't like historically, it's been one of the Jets' best areas. Um, you know, wasn't that great last season, but I do think that it, it should be significantly better this year. Yeah, it's, I think it's going to be really interesting season. I mean, that first game against Buffalo is going to be hugely important. The first, I would say three games before the bye week in in week four, I think like there's a level of optimism if we're two and one going uh, after those three weeks, especially if they beat Buffalo and Cleveland and and lose to New England, which is to be expected at Gillette. Like if they're two and one after those three games, I think a lot of people are feeling good because the next Three like the from game week three um, to week seven, it's at New England, have a bye at Philly, uh, home for Dallas, and then home for New England. So like it's conceivable. Let's say if the Jets end up losing uh, or winning against Buffalo or splitting a, the first two and going one and one, it's possible they lose the next four. Um, and if they're one in five to start the year, there's going to just be a lot of like, a lot of stuff that goes on in the media in terms of, oh, is Darnold the guy? And I wouldn't be surprised if that, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they're go- they go one in five to start the year or even two and four. And I think if they, if they go something like that and their, their schedule does soften up, like you talked about. But I wonder if that kind of just zaps the momentum of the season. Mm. And a lot of Jets fans are just like, all right, we're out on this team already. Um, Like, for me as a Jets fan, and I feel like I'm a fairly realistic Jets fan, 
I'm not that positive about the way this season's going to go. Like, it's more like show me before I actually get there with this team. I would be happy if they're seven and nine this year or eight and eight. If they're eight and eight this year, then I I have no idea, like, what to expect. They're, they have a lot of new pieces coming in. Adam a lot Gates, of young, yeah. Adam Gates is a new head, new new head coach. Usually, Jets had new head coaches. They usually make the playoffs their first season. They go ten and mm. six or nine and seven to make the playoffs. I think Todd Bowles went ten and six or nine and seven uh, when his first year out. Rex Ryan Rex. the same as well. Like that, it's not like success has been devoid for Jets Jets first year head coaches. Um, there's actually a fairly good track record of that. It's just I'm not that positive that Adam Gaze is the guy to bring it through. But they have they did add a lot of talent, like you like you talked about and like you outlined. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if there's a bump up from the four and twelve record they had last year. I just don't know where the dark horse aspirations are coming for these Jets, and I don't know if I exactly see it. Um, maybe that's, I think that might be a lack of, and we kind of talked about how there's a lot of contenders, but I think it gets pretty shallow pretty quickly in the AFC in terms of like who you're taking after New England and then your amalgam of Pittsburgh, Baltimore, um, Houston, and then Kansas City, LA. Like I, I think it's going to be kind of hard. Like that sixth uh, playoff spot, the second wild card spot. I think is going to be a really, like I think it's going to be a pretty surprising team uh, to come mm. out and see who that team is. And I don't really see the Jets filling that second wild card spot. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think we've talked a lot about the AFC, so it seems like both both of us think the Patriots are going to win it. Yeah, totally. And let's kind of talk about Buffalo a tiny bit before we maybe move on to the AFC North uh, to talk about, like, the darling Cleveland Browns who've kind of taken the lead by storm. Buffalo has Josh Allen, and they cut LaShawn McCoy this past week to kind of move into a different uh, direction with the rookie running back and Frank Gore and TJ Yeldon. I think their offense is going to be fairly interesting. Their Their defense is a fairly strong defense, um, True Davis White, uh, yeah, drafted them in both my leagues. Right, they're they have a pretty stout defense. They only gave up 370 points last year, uh, which is fairly good uh, for a team that was in that was six and ten last year. So I think they'll be fairly solid defensively. It's all about kind of the the jump that possibly Josh Allen takes uh, at quarterback. And that's kind of the theme for the remaining three teams besides the Patriots, how the young quarterbacks are going to do um, out of that draft class. Rosen, Darnold, Allen, all in that, all in the same uh, 2018 draft class in terms of how they're going to be able to progress and which one of those three is going to be the one that takes the league by storm. So that's kind of, I think, the theme for Buffalo in terms of how they do. Yeah, I mean, I I honestly, I think 
people have like the Bills and Jets tagged at like a pretty similar win um, total for the year. I think that the Jets are slightly higher in my opinion. I, I'm not as convinced on like the offensive talent around Josh Allen uh, for the season, but yeah, I agree. The Bills defense, I drafted them both my fantasy leagues. They, they were like, I believe the number two defense um, by DVOA or like by quite a few metrics. Um, I, I mean, they added, a, you know, Ed Taylor. Uh, yeah, I believe Ed Oliver actually in the draft. Um, who people had pegged at higher than like ninth in the first round. So I, I think that the Bills are going to be quite good on defense. I just don't think that they're going to have any offensive talent in the offensive driven league. Yeah, totally. And I'm I'm looking at the future odds right now in terms of odds to win the AFC East. The Patriots are one to five. The Jets are six to one. Bills are seven to one. So it kind of, like they it, they kind of favor the Jets and maybe their offseason acquisitions in terms of comparing the Bills and the Jets in terms of who's going to finish second to the uh, to the Patriots and the AFCs. So it looks like we have the Patriots again winning the AFCs. No surprise there. But, Mike, why don't we turn our attention to the AFC North? Um, and I think the only logical place to start here is with the Cleveland Browns because they brought in so much offseason talent this year, um, especially with – I mean, I don't even know where you want to start, but a lot of people are kind of jumping on the bandwagon uh, for Cleveland with Baker – like the stardom that Baker Mayfield brings about with his team – uh, you talk about all the offensive firepower in OBJ, Jarvis Landry. You got Nick Chubb. They brought in Kareem Hunt. Especially, uh, he'll be sitting out for eight games because of the domestic violence stuff that he went through. Um, and all the 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 offensive talent they have, and then kind of the uh, the guys that they traded for uh, defensively, uh, Olivier Vernon. Um, at defensive ends, who's going to be one of the the pass rushers they kind of rely upon opposite of Miles Garrett. That's going to be someone that they, I think, look for, look towards uh, to pro- provide some of that pass rush. So, and, and I think it's going to be a really interesting fit with all these guys with all the personalities in the room. What do you think of what do you think about this Browns team? Because I think they're a hot pick. Uh, to be one of the um, AFC playoff teams. Yeah, I would have penciled them in. That's my overall. Like, I think that they are getting a ridiculous uh, amount of hype, um, obviously, because, you know, it's a big story. Cleveland Browns, they've been, like, the worst team for however many long. Um, Honestly, like, for the past 10 years that I remember, right, it was kind of been, like, you know, a team that no one has taken seriously, but I wouldn't pencil them in quite yet for like the playoffs, if that makes sense. Like, I I see the offensive talent, you know, I see the defensive potential, but I do want to a little hesitant, just in like in terms of like their head coach, um, in terms of like Baker had a great first year, but um, is he like? Is he a above average quarterback or is he potentially like a star? Right. So we'll get to see more of that. Um, and obviously, adding OBJ is a huge, huge, huge addition. 
Um, Chubb obviously played well down the stretch, but you know people are high on Chubb. I, I, I mean, I'm high on him as well, but I, I'm just not like people think that he's going to be like the you know, new best running back in the league. I'm not certain on that either. Um, and obviously, like the defense wasn't great last year. Like they were horrible against the run. Um, I'm not sure that that exactly um, exactly changes. Right. So the defense, I, I'm just not convinced. Like the head coaching staff will truly be able to get all the potential out of this team. Um, I think we're looking at like a nine and seven, right? Yeah, and I mean that might be good enough to clinch a second wild card spot in the AFC. Um, and they finished seven, eight, and one last year. There was just so much buzz. I remember that watching that last game. I think it was against Baltimore. Um, but they had just so much hype during that game. Um, and it, I, I think Baker kind of brings some of that flair to that team. And, I mean, that's going to be that second game between our Jets um, at home against this Cleveland Browns team is going to be really exciting just to watch that Monday night game uh, to see how those guys perform. Yeah, and, and honestly, they've got a tough, tough schedule. Um, you know, besides, you know, like the Titans always, they're always solid. Like, then they have the Jets, Rams, Ravens. Like just being in that division is just going to be brutal. Like they have to play the Steelers twice. They, then they have to play the Ravens twice. Uh, the Patriots, um, I don't think the Seahawks or Broncos are bad teams necessarily either. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, how well they perform. Um, with a pretty relatively tough schedule. So, Mike, do you think that this AFC North division is kind of between Baltimore and Pittsburgh, or do you see it a little bit differently than me? Because for me, I kind of see it between Baltimore um, and Pittsburgh. And, oh, really? Um, yeah, Baltimore and Pittsburgh in terms of who's going to win the division. Um, I think the Browns are in the mix. I it's really hard to buy them right now just with all the all the flashy pieces that they brought in this off season. Like I do think they're gonna be like nine and seven, eight and eight, but I'm not sure if they'll be making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I I I'm not as high on the Ravens as other people, to be honest. Hmm. Okay. So why don't we talk about the Ravens then? Um the Ravens Lamar Jackson, kind of that second year of development for them. They've kind they they have a really interesting offense centered around him, and they are they have completely new wide receivers, a really young wide receiving core. Miles um, Boykin, Hollywood Brown, they brought in in the draft. Those those pieces are fairly young. They have young weapons around around Jackson, but I would say they're unproven and not not pieces that uh, that a lot of people really have that much trust in. Um defensively they the the defensive backfield is strong as always. They only gave up two hundred eighty seven points last year. Um I believe that was the least amount of points given up in the league. Um along with the Chicago Bears with 283. So they're stout defensively, um, as always, kind of that patented 
Baltimore defense that you think of whenever you think of a Baltimore Ravens team. Um, so defensively, I think it's going to be that type of like they're going to be a team that relies really on their defense and ball control, uh, running the ball, uh, brought in Mark Ingram um, into the fold to kind of to carry the rock for them. How do you see this team and, and why don't you buy um, them or why aren't you as high on them as maybe other people are? I, I guess I'm not bought on the development of um it's called uh Lamar Jackson as much as other people are um i i'm just not convinced that he yeah, i'm i'm just not convinced like obviously he came in middle of the season last season um and a lot of teams just didn't have a lot to prepare on him but that that was a pretty tough game against the chargers that he had really tough like could not move the ball completely schemed out of the game like I I'm just not bought out on like a whole season of Lamar Jackson, uh, in my opinion. I think adding Mark Ingram, like that's gonna make it a much more dynamic offense. Obviously, they're gonna run the ball a ton, but uh, Lamar Jackson, like he doesn't have that many weapons necessarily. I know um, the Ravens added a few rookie wide receivers, but you know there are a ton of like rookie wide receivers that come in every year in the league. And it's kind of hit or miss a lot of times. Right? Especially with those first round talents. It's really tough. Like Hollywood Brown. Really I tough. Yeah. You don't know uh, what you're going to get out of first round wide receivers. Like, I mean, Angel Watkins was like unbelievably hyped. And now he's just like a deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And kill Harry for the uh, Patriots on the IR for a little bit now. So you just don't know what you're going to get out of these first-round guys. So it's kind of a hit or miss, and it takes time to develop in the league as one of these wide receivers. Yeah, so they have one of the weakest wide receiver cores, coupled with, like, one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks. So I, I'm not convinced on, like, the offensive side. Obviously, I do think they lost quite a bit on the defensive end, too. Um, so th- those are just a few of my personal thoughts. Um you know, obviously adding Earl Tom, like it's it's still going to be a fantastic defense. But for me, I have the Steelers and Browns um, as the top two teams in that division. Got it. So let's talk about the Steelers. Like the whole Antonio Brown thing, we'll kind of get to, uh, and his saga with uh, the Oakland Raiders. But what are your thoughts on this team? Juju kind of steps into that role. I think I don't really know if they'll ever, they'll really miss a beat. They have a tendency to find these wider wide wide receivers that I think Roethlisberger kind of utilizes pretty well. Uh, they have Dante Moncrief now. Uh, James Washington's going to be stepping into a role uh, on that in that offense. James Conner showed last year that he could kind of fill that role that Le'Veon um, left, and it like they didn't really miss a beat offensively at all. Um, I just like for me, if I'm, if I had to put my money on anyone in this division, I'm probably putting it on Pittsburgh to win the division. Um, That's, that's, that's who I'm putting my money on if I had to do it. Um, And I, that's not, I don't think that's a controversial opinion. I just think that there's been so much hype with Cleveland that, I think people are forgetting that Baltimore and Pittsburgh have 
pretty much own own this division throughout for the last ten to twenty years. Yeah, I mean the Patriots. Uh, sorry, not the Patriots, but the Steelers. Um, I, I'm just very high on them, and in my in my fantasy team reflects that. Like I I've got Ben Roethlisberger on one of my teams. I've got James Conner on one of my teams. I've got Juju on one of my two fantasy teams. Um, I got Vance McDonald on one of my two fantasy teams. Like I'm I'm pretty in on this offense. Like. I know losing Antonio Brown is a big deal, but uh, it's at the same time, like he is a huge locker room question mark, right? As evidenced by this offseason. Yeah. As evidenced by this offseason where he's taking it to kind of a whole nother level. Um, Yeah, we'll get more into that when we talk about the AFC. Steelers, well coached, extremely well coached. Obviously, like a fantastic offense. Ben Roethlisberger, like I, I can't believe he threw for over 50 touchdowns last year. Uh, that's amazing to me, and that's why I have Juju because those those touches have to go somewhere. But um, defense, you know, obviously a lot of people returning, but it, it it'll be you know solid overall. Uh, that's why I just have the Steelers, like well coached, experienced. Um, last year, they you know. People like people with question marks like James Conner, Juju, just showed that they could do it, um, and we'll see how they perform in even more elevated roles. But I, I'm I'm quite high on the on the Steelers. I, I think that they win the division, um, and yeah, like I I think that they are going to be one of the teams to beat in the entire conference and really challenge the Patriots. Yeah, I totally agree. I just wanted to correct you really quickly. He threw for 5,200 passing yards, not 50 touchdowns. Oh, oh sorry, 30, sorry. Yeah, 30 yeah, over five, yeah, over yeah, 5,000 right. uh, passing yards. Right, right. So that in itself is ridiculous. And that I think those targets do have to go somewhere in terms of, like, who he's going to be throwing to. And it, a lot of it's going to be going to Juju um, to replace that production that uh, Antonio Brown has. And I think we kind of see it similarly – in that Pittsburgh's probably going to take the div- the division, but maybe the second-place team between the Ravens and the Browns, maybe that's where we differ. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I see the Browns doing well. Like, I think a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon, and for me, I'm a lo- maybe a little bit more conservative about about maybe having Yeah, like, people have them from Cleveland. You have them like winning the Super Bowl. That's like the level of hype that I'm sort of seeing. Like, like reaching the Super Bowl. Like, I I think that they have a great chance of making the wild card, and they are my number two team in that division. But yeah, like the hype is just ridiculous for that team. Yeah, I think they'll be battling it out for the wild card. Maybe just missing out or just getting that set. I think it's going to get down to the last seat, last week yep. of the season. But I think they'll be battling it out for that second wild card spot. And yep. I, I guess, kind of turning our attention to Cincinnati, is that just like a mess? No, yeah, I, I think we skip. Like, I, yeah. I think we skip them. I think we know like that. That's the Dolphins of the AFC North, right? Like, yeah, I can't see them being much better. Like four, four and twelve again. Yeah, yeah, they were six and ten last year, but I think it's kind of like one of those one of those seasons where AJ Green. He's turning 31 out. out for four weeks of the season. Um, maybe Tyler Boyd takes a step up, but is Andy Dalton really the quarterback that they're going to be looking towards in the future? And I think this is one of those years where they're just like, 
it's like more of the same and the same hasn't been good. So I don't know like what else they're really expecting um, out of this team. Yeah, I I think I'm out on the Bengals. I think we can move past them. Let's, All let's right. move, move so on. So why don't we talk about the AFC South? The AFC South has been kind of marred with a lot of really interesting uh, topics. Most recently, the Andrew Luck story, him retiring. Mike, I I think this is one of the one of those like touchstone NFL stories that kind of got a lot of media attention just across. Uh, across new, the news cycle in terms of how it was announced, um, his reasons for stepping out um, in, term, or in terms of his reasons for retiring uh, from the NFL and him turning down a bunch of money just to kind of preserve his uh, happiness, um, overall happiness with his life and he, him not deriving happiness and joy from playing football anymore. What were your just thoughts and maybe your take on what you thought about his retirement and maybe the manner it happened? Yeah, no, it was definitely sad to see. Like I've always been a huge Andrew Luck fan and, and it was just like another, you know, great player on a, you know, potential contender that I, I just don't think that the Colts can contend now with the honestly like Texans uh, who are the favorites for the division and you know, the Jaguars, but you know they still have a pretty fantastic team. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in on that, right? So for me, like I, I do like Marlon Mack. I thought he was like a nice steal in both of my drafts, so I took him. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not high on this team in particular. I I think that they have like an eight and eight kind of season. Yeah, and I think a lot of like Colts fans were kind of looking forward to this season in terms of them possibly making a deep run into the playoffs, especially with Luck kind of having um, his. You know, coming back from that serious shoulder injury, and then him possibly just getting reacclimated uh, this year, and with him retiring, I think that kind of changes the direction and the course of this team. They handed that uh, extension out to Jacoby Brissett to be the leader um, of this offense and of this team as the quarterback. But I, I mean, Jacoby Brissett is nowhere near the talent that Andrew Luck is in terms of the the amount of potential that this team has. So I think mm-hmm. that is one of the problems. They do have, like, a ton of solid pieces around him, like Marlon Mack. They still have T.Y. Hilton, um, Eric Ebron, who caught 13 touchdowns last year. Yeah, um, Doyle, Funches, like, it, it's a solid, it's a solid cast. Yeah, and that offensive line actually kept luck up great offensive line last year um, in comparison to his previous years. And then defensively, Darius Leonard, who was a rookie last year, uh, really kind of came on strong last year. Um, and that they were hoping that the defense could kind of take another step in the right direction. And I think we're just robbed of that a little bit now that Luck retired. And you can't really fault him for retiring, but um, I definitely think 
it's a tough position to be in as a team two weeks prior to the season. Uh, definitely don't fault him for retiring because of his lack of joy uh, from competing and from playing in the NFL. But it definitely, from a team perspective, when just looking, having the outlook for the season, it does suck. But um, we'll definitely miss him uh, throwing passes around. I def, I mean, hopefully no one drafted before the third fantasy or third week of preseason to kind of draft Andrew Luck. But um, on, on maybe a, a lighter note with his retirement talk, but yeah, I think it's kind of going to be like one of those seven and nine, eight and eight seasons, maybe six and 10 uh, for this Colts team. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, you definitely can't fault the guy for doing what he wants and he has every right to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I, in terms of like the, the football for the Colts this season, I'm, I'm pretty out on them. Like, I, I think that it's going to be a closer call between the Jaguars, like I mentioned earlier, and, and the Texans. Yeah, so why don't we talk about – we'll save the Texans for maybe for the next team after, but um, you kind of talked about this Jacksonville Jaguars team that's kind of taken you by surprise a little bit in terms of them being your surprise pick, um, possibly pushing for a second wild card spot, maybe even winning the AFC South. What do you see in this Jaguars team that's different from last year? Is it just is it just as simple as Nick Foles in for Blake Bortles and and you're good to go? I, I think so. Like two years ago, they were pushing the Patriots to make the Super Bowl, right? I, that's how much talent they have potentially uh, for this entire team besides Blake Bortles, right? You get rid of Blake Bortles and add like an average quarterback who's done it before, like Nick Foles. Has done it before, um, you know. He he beat the Patriots, right? That's all you need, and um, you know he he's not not exactly proven. I think that you know he had an amazing playoff run, but there's still some legitimate question marks if he could lead uh, NBA starting quarterback for the entire season. Um, but yeah, like Blake Bortles is just is terrible. I still remember this YouTube clip of like Allen Robinson and him in practice, and like he overthrew Allen Robinson by like five, 10 yards. <laughs> like, and Allen Robinson was just like, what the fuck, man? Like, yeah. what, yeah, yeah. what the was, hell was that? That was like a golden viral uh, video that ended up going viral. Uh, just and, hearing that. And, and you replaced him with Nick Foles. So that, that's what I'm hopeful on. Leonard Fournette had a horrible season. I had him on my fantasy team last year, but from all, you know, you hear reports, he's looking good. This defense, like, this defense is, it, you know, they have players. Campbell, obviously, you know, they add, it, like, Jalen Ramsey's back, A.J. Bui, Miles um, Jack. Like, this defense is still stacked. They added Josh Allen, which is almost, like, unfair. Uh, it's in the draft. Like, this, that, 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 you know, that pass rush is going to be fantastic. Like, that. Front seven, it, I'm really looking forward to how well this defense plays. But I think that people forget like just how good this defense was and probably, in, in my opinion, still will be. And last year they just got – there were so many unlucky unlucky games for this team. So I'm, I'm high on the Jaguars. I think that they have a shot to win not only in the division. You know, they have, they have a shot to win the division, in my opinion. 
Got it. And I think it's an interesting idea, like this idea of Nick Foles. And I, I was just uh, kind of poking around and it seems like the offensive coordinator for the Jaguars is John Filippo, And mm. that interesting enough was he was the quarterback's coach during that Super Bowl run that Nick Foles had with the Eagles back in 2017. So that can be one of those really interesting, I would say, um, pieces in terms of whether or not they're able to recreate that offensive output that Nick Foles ended up having having during that Super Bowl run um, with the Eagles. And I'm, I'm a little hesitant to kind of place them ahead of maybe Houston um, who ended up, who ended up winning the division last year, but I definitely could see them being number two um, in the AFC South, but I could also see, I mean, I think it's going to be a fairly competitive division between Tennessee and Jacksonville right after Houston. Yeah. I, I, I see the Texans side. Like, I think that they're going to be, honestly, like, I think that they're appropriately placed. Um, they are probably favored to win the division, and I see that. I, it's just one of my, like, more trendy picks that I think the Jaguars are going to be a somewhat surprising team. Um, but, yeah, like, the Texans are the favorites to win this division. Um, you know, you have Sean Watson. You have, like, all those weapons on offense. They short up the line, like, you know, they gave up, they gave up Clowney, but at the same time, like, you know, adding, um, you know, adding the pieces that they did in the offseason, like, they probably are a slightly better team um, than when they started, but they gave up a lot for it. I I, I, I just think that, like, the Texans, like, yes, like, they could go 10 and 6, 11 and 5, but I do think that the Jaguars have that potential to do that as well. Yeah, I, I think it'll be a fairly interesting division um, overall. Like, the, I just never have a good read on the AFC South and what's going to happen in that division. Um, and then, like, you kind of look at Tennessee. They were 9-7 and seven last year. Um, there's a lot of quarterback controversy between um, Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill in terms of it seems like Marcus Mariota is going to be, be starting, but – um, there's already been talk about him having a short leash um, in terms of whether or not he makes mistakes. He might get the quick hook um, in favor of Tannehill, who showed that he can kind of lead an NFL team if he has competent pieces be- around him. Um, so I wonder if that's going to ha- like that's going to be one of those things that um, kind of weighs heavy on Marcus Mariota. Um, Taylor Lewan ended up getting suspended, I think, for PED, so that's left tackle gone. Um, Delaney Walker is coming back uh, from his injury last year, so that's a plus for them. And then defensively, they really just struggled to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Like, you look at that front seven, and you kind of wonder where that um, pressure is going to come from is Cameron Wake going to really provide that at age 38, I believe, or 39. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, it, it's I think it's going to be tough. They're probably going to be relying on interior pressure with Jarrell Casey, but I'm I wonder if 
that's going to be enough. Second In the secondary, Logan Ryan, they'll rely on Adore Jackson, Kevin Byard, um, Malcolm, Malcolm Butler. I think their, their secondary is a little better, but I wonder how good their pass rush is going to be for them to really take that uh, next step. And I think the way I see it going, if I had to go one, two, three, four, um, I'm going Houston. I think I'm going Houston. I think you might have convinced me on Jacksonville at number two, Tennessee, uh, number three, and Indianapolis four. But I think it, it could kind of be Indianapolis three, Tennessee four. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be really one of those. I think it's going to be Houston winning this division just because of all the reasons that you listed with Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson leading that team and him taking the next step up. But I don't know what your thoughts are overall. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I have something similar. So I, I, I have the Colts as three and Titans as four. Um, I mean, the Titans always surprise you. Like, they always have an eight and eight season. Um, they're not a bad team. I mean, they're not a bad team for sure. Like, they are not. They have some talent on the roster. Um, like Marcus Mariota and and Tannehill, like, they're solid quarterbacks. They're fine, right? Um, they have Corey Davis. They have, um, what's it called, Derrick Henry. Like, they have some pieces on defense. Their defense always manages to play relatively well. Like, they're going to be a, not a good team, but they're going to be okay, right? Um, but, yeah, for me, Jaguars, Texans, uh, we'll see what happens there. All right. So, Mike, let's get to the AFC West. We got Kansas City. Los, the Los Angeles Chargers, Den, it's kind of weird still saying the Los Angeles. I keep wanting to say San Diego, but it's the Los Angeles Chargers, the Denver Broncos, and then the Oakland Raiders. Like, I don't know where you want to start in this division. Obviously, Kansas City is kind of the exciting team, especially especially with Pat Mahomes and what kind, what their offense is going to look like. They've kind of changed a couple of the pieces. Um, Kareem Hunt is obviously gone, but Damian Williams and the recent acquisition of LaShawn McCoy kind of fills that void. And there's a lot of question marks in this offseason with Tyreek Hill and a lot of the domestic abuse um, and battery type of troubles that he ended up having this offseason in terms of whether or not he's going to get suspended hasn't been suspended at all. So what are your thoughts overall, maybe on this division and how you see it playing out, but how maybe does Kansas City kind of um, continue the success that they had last year that kind of won the whole public over with Pat Mahomes and this offense? Yeah, I mean, uh, not too controversial, but I have the Chiefs winning this division. Um, Pat Mahomes, that offense, the same. Like, I, I can't imagine that defense getting worse, to be honest. Um, if if anything, it'll be a little bit better. Um, I, for me, the Chiefs win this division. And I, I don't really see, like, I guess you could argue the Chargers, maybe even the Broncos. Um, but the Oakland Raiders, just, I, I don't think, have it quite yet, right? Yeah, I don't know if the Oakland Raiders really have it. I mean, 
the can the Chiefs end up bringing Tyron Matthew, they get mm-hmm. rid of a couple of their key pieces. I would say like Eric Berry's gone, um, um, Justin Houston is gone. So yep. there, there's a they couple did lose there. pieces. They did lose pieces defensively, and like me, I, I think they're putting a lot on Mahomes to kind of carry this team, and he's proven that. I mean. He was the the MVP in his second year in the league, so it's not like it's going to be a heavy burden to kind of carry. I'm just a little bit worried about whether or not some of the things defensively can can kind of contribute to some of the drop off. Maybe they're just going to outscore teams, but maybe that's like a question for the playoffs and whether or not they're able to hold up in the playoffs, but maybe in the regular season doesn't really change much. I have them winning the division as well. Um, I think it gets fairly interesting with the the other three teams. Like the Chargers, I don't know if you're as high on as um, some people are on them, but they have a couple pieces that are missing. Phillip Rivers is another year older. They went 12-4 and last year, which is fairly impressive. Keenan Allen, uh, Philip Rivers is back. Mike Williams kind of showed something last year as a red zone target. Um, the big news is whether or not Melvin Gordon is going to be right is going to be coming back, um, especially with him pulling a similar stunt to what uh, Le'Veon Bell pulled for again or er, with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers last year, and whether or not he just kind of sits out for a majority of the season. Um, what are your thoughts kind of like monitoring that? It seems like from all the NFL news, following Adam Schefter, all that type of stuff, that he's sitting out for six to eight weeks at least uh, to kind of hopefully hold out for a deal or maybe try to find a trade partner uh, for the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, besides, I mean, the Chargers, like, obviously bring back a lot of the same pieces last year. Um, Derwin James being out for probably the season, that's that's pretty huge. Um, so f- for me, like the Chargers, I think that they're going to be, yeah, I could see like 10 and 6 kind of season for the Chargers. But I think last year was like their, not their window, but, you know, I was really, really high on the Chargers last year, but not having Melvin Gordon, no Derwin James, um, another year older, Phillip Rivers. Uh, I'm not as high on this team as um, as as probably other people, right? To be like you know, Super Bowl potential contender, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I'm I'm on, I'm in a similar boat. Um, I don't know if they have the same aspirations as possibly like they they were kind of like this dark horse pick to maybe like go on the road last year and maybe make a Super Bowl run. And I'm not exactly sure I see that this year. Um, they might still make the playoffs in, as a wild card, but I don't know if I necessarily see them as one of those maybe dark horse Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and then I think the only logical place is to kind of go with their, uh, to go with the Oakland Raiders and what they provided us on TV screens uh, with Hard Knocks and just, like, all the stuff that's been going on there. 
um, John Gruden signing a fourth quarterback, uh, picking up Deshaun Kaiser on waivers and having Nathan Peter. Like, can you imagine that quarterback room? Nathan Peterman, Deshaun Kaiser, Derek Carr, um, and then Mike Lennon. Just those four guys just, like, talk. Like, stop. Yeah, it's it's comical. Especially with Nathan Peterman uh, showing what he showed for the Buffalo Bills last. Like, it was pretty bad just in terms of him coming into the league, throwing picks left and right. And then Deshaun Kaiser wasn't any. I can't believe he's on the roster. Yeah, I, I can't believe he made the roster. Like it's, it makes no sense. Like it really makes you question. Uh, <laughs> like it, it just makes you question. Like what? Yeah, like what the coaching staff is seeing here. But at the same time, yeah, I think the Raiders will. I, I'm not sure how 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 they do last year. Four and twelve. Four and twelve. Four and twelve. Yeah, like. That that's probably gonna happen again. Four and twelve, five and ten, uh, five and eleven, like six and ten potentially. Um, yeah, I don't see it getting much better than that though. But like maybe in I, I could see them winning like one or yeah, maybe he wins like another game or two. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I mean, yet. that's like a whole different drama with his frozen feet and then like the the helmet thing that's kind of been going like. My kind of my take on it was that he just didn't want to be in training camp and he didn't want to practice, so he just kind of pulled different stunts like that, so that he was just like, "All right, I'm good. Like I just want the games to start, and then I'll kind of show that I'm a baller and I can go out there and play, regardless of the practice that we've had this off season." I mean, he's an incredibly hard worker, but I just think he's one of those guys that's just like, "All right, training camp and." preseason is just like whatever you know um and it it kind of brought about like a lot of interesting issues with the helmet stuff um in terms of there being that 10-year rule um of the helmets being on the approved list uh uh by noxy who's like this um i would say like organization that monitors um like helmets and head um, injuries and conditions and being able to upkeep the safety of players and whether or not those kind of fit within the um, regulations that they set forth. And I think it brings, it, it brought about some really interesting like conversations about renewed conversations um, always surrounding the NFL safety and uh, like kind of towing that line of safety comfort um, for the players and mm-hmm. whether or not they people have the best interest of the players at heart. So I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting, kind of looking at it, all the arbitration hearings that um, Antonio Brown's had about his various helmets kind of crowdsourcing uh, on Twitter and on Instagram to try to find a helmet for him, which is fairly fascinating, kind of using the power of social media in that way. So I don't, I don't know what to really make of this Oakland team, but it's definitely going to be filled with a lot of characters. Yeah, I, it's definitely entertaining. Hard Knocks, I saw an episode or two, and it, it was definitely entertaining. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm out on the Raiders. I think a lot of people are. Yeah, and then we got the Denver Broncos. Maybe 
I mean, I think the Denver Broncos will be a little bit better than six and ten this year. Um, maybe not much better, but they have Joe Flacco in there now. So they like John Elway finally got a veteran quarterback after kind of like going through Trevor Simeon, and then there was like a lot of Paxton Lynch type of stuff, like Brock Osweiler from a while. Like there was just like a lot of different types of quarterbacks post Peyton Manning trying to replace him, and now he's got his veteran quarterback. I don't know if Joe Flacco's the guy to kind of bring them back, but I think they'll be a little bit better than last year. Uh, maybe him bring some of that stability to that team. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. Like Joe Flacco didn't seem like the best fit for like Courtland Sutton and like Emmanuel Sanders, um, who have typically been more of like kind of like shorter route players, right? I Honestly, I imagine, I remember them with like Peyton Manning, so maybe they do have like a broader skill set there. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how well, um, you know, this offense performs. But, yeah, I, I agree. It probably be better than 6-10. and 10. Uh, The defense brings a lot of good players back. Uh, Bradley Chubb, man, that guy is a beast. So I, I, I do think that he could take another potential leap. Um but yeah, this defense will be good. The offense will be, you know, better, right? But maybe like a eight and eight better. Got it. So overall, Mike, who are your six, six teams, one through six, if you had to list them? Um, yeah, yeah. And the so looking at this right, I, I think I'm gonna go with the Patriots as one, thirteen and three or something. Okay. Um, second, you, you know, you have it's between the Chiefs and the Steelers for me. But I'm going to go, hmm, I, I think I'm going to go with the Chiefs as a two seed, just over the Steelers, just because it's slightly, yeah, I need to look at the schedule a little bit, but the Steelers' schedule was not not super straightforward, to be very honest. Um, hmm, the Kansas City schedule, it, it's it's not easy, for sure. Um but, yeah, I'm going to go with Kansas City. Second seed, uh, Andy Reid, great regular season coach. Um, third seed, Pittsburgh Steelers. Then you have your fourth. Um, you know what? I think I think I'm going to go with the Texans, right? But then I have the Jaguars at five. Uh, five or mm, I'd say, yeah, I'd say the Jaguars will make the playoffs for me as my wild card. That'll be my controversial bet. And I'm between the Chargers and the Browns. Um, I, I have to eliminate my chest at this point. But I, I'll say the Chargers at that sixth seed. Got it. So I think it's kind of interesting kind of having this conversation and mm-hmm. just the thought process about me not being so high on the Browns and kind of looking at these teams. I'm trying to, I'm like running out of teams to try to fill these spots. Um, and I think Cleveland's either in that sixth or seventh spot, but I'll go, I'll actually go number one, I'll go Chiefs, then I go Patriots, Pittsburgh number three, number four, I have Houston, um, number five, I actually have, uh, number five, I have the, um, what's it called? Who do I have? The Chargers. Oh, Chargers, Okay. And then number six, I number six. You know what? Let me just give Cleveland props and just say like, all right, let's see if they can prove it. Because I wow, over the Ravens. 
Yeah, it would be kind of fun to see them in the playoffs. And I was kind of sure. down on them throughout throughout our conversation. But you know what? I'm going number six. I'm going with I'm going with the Browns. So it'll be fun to see whether or not they could come through and perform. Um, yeah, and see whether or not. So for for me, out of last year, it's Indianapolis and Baltimore dropping out as playoff teams, and Cleveland and. Um, Cleveland and Pittsburgh uh, joining the playoff picture uh, in the AFC. So, Mike, why don't we move to NFC uh, NFC and talk about the NFC in general, um, mm-hmm. go through each division. NFC East is – that's I, – I, I feel like this division is always just kind of like – the winner is polarized. And, yeah, it's like a ten and six, nine and seven, whoever wins the division. Um and I think it's a lot of people are saying it's between Dallas and Philly. Um and who can who can kind of take the lead there. We talked about Zeke at the top, uh finally signing. There's a lot of questions whether or not he'll start week one, but I think a lot of Cowboys fans are obviously happy that he signed. Um, there's a lot of worries whether or not Dak and Amari Cooper are going to get new deals, especially with them handing out deals to Jalen Smith, uh, to, to Zeke, to Lyle Collins. Where's this other money coming from? Uh, the TV deal ends in two years. So maybe there's a renewal of, uh, TV rights and they sign and the, and the cap goes up in a couple of years. So maybe there's not as much of a worry in terms of them not having cap space, but Amari Cooper's on an expiring contract, so they'll be lo- he's looking for an extension as well. So is Dak. So, what was your just like overall take on maybe Dallas and maybe their contract situation and uh, how you see uh, this division playing out? Yeah, so I I think it's gonna be. I mean, I, I agree with what everyone else is saying. Like, I, I don't see any hope for the Giants. I don't really see any much hope for the Redskins either. Like, I think it's going to be, be between the Cowboys and the Eagles. And for me, I have the Eagles slightly above the Cowboys, honestly. Um, but I do think the Cowboys, they are going to have a great team. Eagles also has, you know, a pretty great team in my opinion. So it, it's going to be between the Cowboys and the Eagles. And um, in my opinion, like, you know, Zeke, got his contract, um, you know, you have Dak and Amari Cooper also looking to get some good contracts too, so we'll see how that all plays out, but for me, I I, I have the Eagles uh, winning this position, um, depth, right, Carson Wentz, I've always been a bit, like, a pretty big fan of his game, um, yeah, I, I just think that the Eagles are in, are in a good position here. Added Jordan Howard, um, got Alshon Jeffrey, you got Zach Ertz again. Like it, it, it's it's just a solid team at every like a solid team at every position. The defense is good, the offense is good. It's just very well rounded, and that's who I'd have for my uh, division pick for the NFC East. What about you? Uh, so I ended up really struggling whether or not it's going to be Dallas or Philly uh, because. I think they're just kind of looking at the NFC in general. Like, I did not have trouble trying to figure out who – like, I was trying to figure out, like, 
who's not a playoff team, who is a playoff team um, because of maybe the depth in the NFC, like realistically just looking at the NFC and as a whole, <laughs> Dallas, Philly, you could kind of look at Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay. That's five teams right there. I would say there's another three in the NFC Falcons, South. Falcons, Saints, Panthers. Falcons, Saints, Panthers, and then even the Bucks. I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't count the Bucks. I, their defense is too bad. All right, yeah, I don't know the Bucks. <laughs> so, so there's those eight teams, and then you got the Rams and Seahawks. So there's ten teams for six spots. Like that's kind of how I saw it, and for me, I'm not exactly sure that there's two teams out of the NFC East that come out of it. So it was kind of me trying to slice uh, whether or not I like Dallas and Philly better or Dallas or Philly better. And that was the really tough, um, I would say like decision trying to decide between Dallas and Philly um, who I liked better uh, Mm. between those two teams. And like for me, the what I just saw was, I think um, that Dallas team is going to not that they're going to struggle a lot, but I think maybe they have an ama- unreal linebacking core. Uh, they have Demarcus Lawrence pass rushing. I'm just a little worried about their secondary. I would say Byron Jones kind of showed things last year. Uh, a little bit worried about that. And I don't know, maybe I just kind of believe in Doug Peterson because he's done it um, over Jason Garrett. So I kind of had the Eagles as well um, <laughs> over the Cowboys. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, looking at this NFC conference, I I, I don't think we'll have two teams from this division. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Eagles and for now probably hold off on the Cowboys. Yeah, and then – I mean, the Giants, our crosstown rivals, uh, we share a stadium with them, always hated by us Jets fans because uh, it was called Giants Stadium back in the day. <laughs> but Saquon Barkley is kind of this revelation, but they're kind of moving into this new era of a team. Uh, they they drafted Daniel Jones, wondering when Daniel Jones sighting is going to happen. Is it week four, week five, week six? Like, how, how it'll happen this season? Yeah, it'll happen this year. I wonder how long Eli kind of uh, lingers. Stay, yeah, lingers, staves off, staves him off uh, for the starting quarterback role. But like everyone had Saquon going number one in their fantasy drafts. How how much of a load is he going to be carry on those thick thighs that he has? So it's just like, uh. I think he's such a special player, but it goes back to last year in terms of when they had the decision to make, potentially draft someone like Sam Darnold um, with that second pick and whether or not their thought process was correct in choosing a, a running back and a talented one, probably the best prospect since Adrian Peterson maybe um, coming out. But was that process correct in choosing someone like Saquon over Sam Darnold? Yeah, I, for me, tough to say. I mean, the Giants, like, they got to figure out their quarterback situation. Their defense is pretty decimated. Like, there's just not much talent besides Saquon on this team. Uh, I guess they have, like, Sterling Shepard, who's, like, a nice WR2. 
um, Evan Ingram, but they need to figure out so many things on this team. Um, out on the Giants. Definitely uh, out on the Giants. Definitely yeah. out on the Giants. Um, Redskins, yeah, moving and talking to the Redskins very briefly. Like, it's I, – I like Darius Geis, right? I do that like That was him. the one guy that I was going to highlight and say – Watch out for him this year, and and he was a stud at LSU. Like, and I think people forget because he was injured last year, um, yep. what he did at LSU. But I would but not these be rookie running backs every year. Like, there's always a few running backs, like Saquon last year. Um, you know, like every year you just have these running backs that burst on the scene, and he is someone who has not been getting any sort of hype. But sort of like Saquon has been like that guy for the Giants, like a you know great star, bad team. Like guys, like he he has the potential to be that type of player, in my opinion, too. Yeah, and I not not a Saquon, but like but yeah. really good. I wouldn't be surprised if they go seven and nine, eight and eight this year. Um, are competitive in the division, but kind of ultimately fall short. Hmm. Yeah. I yeah, no, I I I'd probably be a little bit lower on them, but uh, yeah, no, the defense is solid. Um, we're talking about the Redskins, like the Redskins defense is solid. Um, they have some, eh, I wouldn't say talent, but I I'm higher on guys than other people. Yeah, totally agree. So we it seems like we have a pretty similar view on the NFC East, um, and then I think like moving towards the next two divisions. Um, the NFC North and the South. I, I see it as a, yeah, I see it as the three-team race in both divisions. Uh, but the NFC North: Chicago, Minnesota, Green Bay. Out of those three teams, who are you picking? Because this I think is the, this is the hardest division for me. Um, yeah, because I think Chicago went twelve and four last year. They kind of showed that dominant defense, and a lot of people are just kind of putting them back in it. Um, I'm not I sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not like, that's the thing. Like, I'm not, I'm not sure on this division. Like, this is the one I'm least confident in because I could totally see it going like any – I could see the Packers going 79, the new coach. All right. But I could also see them going like 12 and 4 and really just, you know, Aaron Rodgers just playing out of his mind with a new coach. Uh, like, I don't – I don't know. Like, the Bears, too, like – they had a lot of close games last season, and that defense managed to pull out quite a few of them. Um, it's for me. I, I think that I, if like gun to my head, I'd probably go with the Bears again this season. Um, but for me, I, I like you know I love like the quarterbacks. It, it's like I do see the Green Bay Packers as being a real challenger to the Bears. We'll see tomorrow. I mean, we'll see in the game tomorrow. Um, how this all plays out. But for me, the Packers, uh, it's, it's between the Packers and the Bears for me. The Vikings, like, they've lost some depth on their defense. Um, you know, they, they had quite a few opportunities and chances in, in years past. But Kirk Cousins, like, Dalvin Cook coming back from injury, um, you know, I haven't, I'm not convinced on Dalvin Cook yet, right? Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, like, great wide receivers, probably one of the best, like, one of the best wide receiver corps in, in the league. Um, but Thielen, like, 
you know, he was really, really hot in the beginning, but kind of fizzled out at the end. So for, for me, I, I'd say that I'd probably have Packers and the Bears as my um, as two teams making the playoffs. Interesting. And I, I think that's interesting that you have the Packers with the rookie uh, head coach and Matt before mm-hmm. kind of leading them. Aaron Rodgers is getting up there in age. He's 35 years old, and I think that surprises people. Yeah, 30, 35 is fine. Is that is we, we're, see, we're seeing like we're seeing like Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, like Tom Brady. Like they are, they, in my opinion, it, it, it's going to be fine. 35 doesn't scare me at all. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. I just kind of worry about like Green Bay and some of the. The weapons that they have, they have Aaron Jones, who's a really good running back, kind of really asserted himself last year. But some of the receiving weapons are are some of these younger guys that are probably going to have to step up. Uh, Val- Valdez Gantling, um, I think. Uh, Geronimo Allison. Yeah. Grant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jake Kumaro, who's like one, who's like their kind of like practice player that was like one of the guys that Rogers really connected with. Um, so it's like, I'm kind of curious to see like if they're able to keep it going. Devonte Adams, we didn't even mention him, but he's kind of vaulted himself as a solidly number one wide receiver um, in that offense. I wonder if that defense is going to be able to hold up for, for the Green Bay Packers. And that, it's a big question mark for sure. And I think for that reason, they brought in Adrian Amos from from the Bears, who is re- a, a really key player for the Bears. Um, they brought in Zadarius Smith, um, they mm-hmm. Preston Smith as well. So they brought in some guys to fill in the void. I just don't know if it's going to be enough, and that would be my worry with this Green Bay team. Um, like if I had to choose, I think it's actually between Chicago and Minnesota, um, in terms of who's going to win the division. And I probably go Chicago, but I think it's definitely a lot closer than it was last year in this division. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I could see it going anyway. Like I, I could totally be totally off on the Packers. Uh, they haven't shown it to us in the past few years. Um, yeah, they have turned it to us in the past. You're pretty years. much betting betting on Aaron Rodgers being the best quarterback in in this division and saying, "All right, in the league." I'm, I, I, yeah. I mean, I still think that Aaron Rodgers is the most probably probably the best quarterback in the league. Right? Yeah, and you're just putting your trust in Aaron Rodgers and saying, "All right, Aaron Rodgers is going to lead the Packers," and and. And similar ways in what he does for the Packers in terms of what Brady does for the Patriots and just in leading his team uh, to victory. I don't know if I see it necessarily like that because he hasn't been able to show it in the past couple of years, maybe because of Mike McCarthy's lack of inventiveness offensively. But I'm not entirely convinced, and ultimately, I have Chicago winning the division. That's fair. I mean, I, I could totally see it happening uh, anyway, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, the Vikings could even win the division. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, that's true. 
and I wouldn't be surprised with that either. So, and we didn't even touch on Detroit, but they definitely are struggling in terms of they got Matt Stafford still, but I think there's a lot of struggles uh, for Detroit, kind of with trying yeah. right trying to figure out defensively what they have with this team. Yeah, I mean, Matt, Matt Patricia, your defensive guru right there. But, uh, uh, no, I actually think that they'll, they'll I know. be a pretty I lo- solid team. I like, just think it's funny that – sorry, just just a quick thing about Matt Patricia. He was a defensive guru that got hired right after his Patriots defense gave up, like, 40-something points in the, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's all I wanted yeah. to say. Yeah, and he hasn't figured out the defense for Detroit. Like, I think their offense will actually be pretty solid. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty high on Kareon Johnson. Um, Kenny Galladay, too, right? Kenny G, like Marvin Jones is back. Like, it, it's not a bad team uh, offensively. Defensively, just not a lot of hope. So, this is like a team like 6-10. and 10, Tough, tough division. Yeah, like 6-10, and 10, I'd say. Yeah, totally agree. All right, so Mike, it seems like you have Chicago. I have Chicago, but it's or it's going to be a close. Or do you have the Packers or do you have Chicago? I have Chicago and then the Packers as a wild card. Okay, so I have Chicago um, as well, um, winning that division. All right, NFC NFC South. Yep, NFC South. Same situation. It seems like maybe the Tampa Bay is sneaky, sneaky. I feel like Tampa always does this to us every year, kind of like, oh, here comes Tampa Bay. Um, maybe people have wised up to it a little bit more this year. But I see it as a three-team race between New Orleans, Atlanta, and Carolina. But how do you see this division going? Are you um, are you on the, the Saints bandwagon in terms of them kind of keeping the good times going? They were 13-3 and three last year. Does Drew Brees show any sign of drop-off at all, or do you think it's just kind of like, all right, let's keep it going. Um, Hopefully that they were able to recover from that NFC championship gap uh, by the referee. Uh, The the PI call that ended up bringing about all this new, uh, all the new rules in terms of challenging – challenging uh, PI calls, things like that. What are your thoughts on this uh, New Orleans team? No, I, I'm I'm pretty high on the Saints. Like, they are definitely one of my Super Bowl contenders for the year. Um, yeah, I'm very high on the Saints. Um, pretty high on the Falcons, too. For me, the Bucks. Uh, it, it's another tough division. I'd say the NFC North and NFC South are, like, along with the AFC South, uh, two of, like, like – some of the divisions I found the toughest to find a gauge, to kind of like gauge, but I, I don't know with the Falcons, right? I could see them being like a middle of the pack team, but also like a potentially like, you know, 11 and five team. But for me, the Saints are like the clear favorites in this division and pretty diver- deservedly so. Like an offense, defense, very well-rounded, very, like they're just very strong everywhere, right? Um, I Extremely well-coached. I, I think that the Saints... Um, are one of my top contenders for this conference um, in the Buccaneers. In terms of the Buccaneers, Bruce Arians, um, new head coach, uh, you know, he's a great coach, but I just don't think that they have the talent defensively um, to really keep up with the Falcons and Saints. 
Um, whereas, and also the Panthers, I know people have them as like a sneaky potential dark horse pick, but I, I don't see it. I just don't see it at all. Hmm. I think that's kind of interesting. It's, it's not like, I, I think, I think my two playoff teams are New Orleans and Atlanta as well, but maybe I see Carolina as stepping up. They were, I believe they were six and two or seven and three before Cam ended up getting hurt and really like struggling um, to finish out the year last year um, and kind of working his way back from a shoulder injury. And I, I really think that if they're able to cobble things together, they could have sustained that run. But I definitely think I'm a little bit higher on it, um, Atlanta than Carolina. And I think that's kind of a result of some of the lack of weapons that Cam has on the outside um, in his mm. receiving core. And that might be... People love this DJ Moore guy. Yeah, DJ Moore is one of those guys that hopefully can step up. But I think they just lack lack a little bit of um, versatility in the options that they have. Um, and I think that's kind of the worry for them. Yeah, um, yeah offensively. I totally agree. Um, Luke Keekly, he obviously mans like one of the be- – oh, uh, like he's just like an unreal leader on that defense. But I, I do have New Orleans and Atlanta kind of going through. And I think actually for that top spot, I think it's going to be a lot closer between Atlanta and New Orleans than people think. Um, not that I'm not high on New Orleans – I just, I'm a little bit, not to say that Drew Brees is going to drop off or anything, but he did have very few pass attempts last year um, in in relative to previous seasons. So I think they're kind of just managing some of the reps that he has. The the offensive line is really solid for them. Um, Michael Thomas ended up signing that huge extension as well Mm -hmm. uh, for them. Um, but there's going to be, I mean, he's going to, and Reese does a good job of doing this, but he's going to be spreading the ball around to guys like Keith Kirkwood, Traquan, uh, Traquan, uh, Smith, Ted Ginn Jr. So I wonder who the second option, uh, for those wide receivers is going to be, going to be for them. Jared Cook kind of comes into the fold as their tight end, um, hopefully catching passes for them. And I think one one of the things offensively, they got rid of uh, the one half of that running back duo in Mark Ingram as he left for Baltimore. And I'm curious to see whether or not Alvin Kamara gets a bigger load or if Latavius Murray just kind of uh, fills the, vo- the void that Ingram left. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> For me, for me, more touches for Kamara. Like, it's not. Yeah, I, I, I think he can handle it, right? I'm pretty high on Kamara as well. I think we we're talking about like Kamara, McCaffrey. Who would you pick? You trust McCaffrey? I'm, I'm significantly higher on Kamara to be honest. Um, yeah, that, that's just my personal opinion. But yeah, I, I, I hear you. I agree with you. Falcon Saints for this division. Um, and yeah, I think that those are the two teams. Uh, to, to really watch. And honestly, both of them, I could see making, like, they're experienced, well-coached, deep. Like, I could see them both potentially making some long runs and playing out till uh, you know, January. Totally agree. 
So let's move on to the last division of this ginormous podcast um, (laughs) because of um, us not having any NFL podcasts this summer um, in previewing this season. So, Mike, out of the NFC West, for me, I think the Rams are the number one seed in the NFC. Like, Mm. um, and I, I just kind of really believe in this Rams team. Um, they did lose a couple pieces from last year, but overall they do have the overall core of this team back. Aaron Donald, best, best defensive player in the league by far, I would say. Yep. Um, like, it's so clear. It's crazy how good he is. Um, and, like, I was watching some of the NFL uh, top 100 players stuff, and he, I think he was number – was he, like, number one or one of the top ones? Um, on I think he was one. Yeah, I think he was number one. And just hearing some of the comments uh, about him in terms of the way he uses his hands, it just kind of crystallized for me how special he is in the middle of that defense in terms of being able to provide interior pressure for them and get the amount of sacks that he does in terms of the in terms of how productive he is. So I think that the Rams are going to be the number one seed in the NFC. Um, I think Jared Goff got that huge, huge extension, um, $32 million a year now. So that's another guy that – got signed up to an extension this offseason. The trio, and Cooper Cup is back. The trio of Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, um, for that offense is going to be really positive, um, I think, for that offense. And there's a lot of signs that Cooper Cup, stronger, faster than ever, so doesn't seem to have lost a beat there. Um, But, yeah, I, I really see this Rams team being the top team to beat in the NFC. Yeah, I, I mean, I completely agree. I think the Rams are the top uh, team to beat here. Um, it, you know, very, very high on this Rams offense. Uh, you know, I have golf on one of my leagues. I have Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks. Like, very, very high on this team. Um so for me, it's going to be quite similar to last year where the Rams and Saints are like my top two. But for me, I'm I'm a little torn. Like I don't know what to make of like Seattle and the 49ers actually. Like can the 49ers like take a leap with Jimmy G back? Um, and for Seattle, like this defense is ridiculously scary. And I always trusted Russell Wilson, but I just don't know if he has a weapon like the run game or the like, you know, skill position, like wide receivers to really help support him um, in making the playoffs. So they had, you know, this really, really frisky team last year where where the Seahawks could like sort of sneak in to the playoffs, but I'm not sure for me, I might have the Packers above it still thinking through that. But, you know, for me, the Rams, very clear division winner here. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm curious to see these 49ers and Seahawks. Yeah, I I think the running game is going to be fine. This team runs it fairly well. Seattle does. Uh, they got Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, probably the best running attack in terms of the amount of uh, touches they give those guys. So I wouldn't be concerned too much about the run game. 
but the guys on the outside in terms of the passing game, that's where maybe the lack of weapons would be a concern. DK Metcalf, uh, mm. which had that viral video going around this this uh, off season, huge at like just a huge, like he's huge. Like it was kind of crazy how jacked he was, and then kind of going into um, his meeting with Seattle and him. Uh, pre-draft and then Pete Carroll taking off the shirt to kind of show off his physique in that pre-draft meeting was kind of <laughs> hilarious. Um, but he's injured uh, to start the year. Um, and they're going to be relying a lot on Tyler Lockett on the outside. Um, and then there's a lot of unproven guys for them. David Moore, Gary Jennings. Um, like they're just guys that you really haven't heard of <laughs> at all. Yep. Um, so I think that might be a worry for Seattle. Um, defensively, with uh, Judevi and Clowney coming into the fold, like that's going to be scary. Wonder if Ziggy Ansah, who ended up, who they ended up signing, wonder if he's able to uh, come back um, and be productive for this team as well. So there's a lot of questions that are going to be unanswered uh, going into the season. And but they have guys like Bobby Wagner, KJ Wright, who are really solid linebackers. Um, and I I might be a little bit more of a believer in Seattle than you are. Um, but I don't know. I with San Francisco, you brought brought a Jimmy G up. His numbers weren't even that great before uh, he got injured. So I think that's kind of the concern for San Francisco in terms of whether or not the small sample size that he ended up showing, is, is he actually an, a good NFL quarterback? Because um, he hasn't really shown that much uh, during that small sample size. Like, yes, he led them to a couple wins uh, to to end the year a couple years ago, but like overall in the grand scheme of things, does it matter? I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you on that. So I, I'm not as high on 49ers as you know I might be implying, but for me, the Rams, clear division winners, Seahawks, potential wild card. I just don't, yeah, I, I'm double checking like of the wide receivers on this team. And I, I yeah, Tyler Lockett, like fine, right? DK Metcalf. Interested, but this is one of the worst wide receiving corps in, in in the league. So, yeah, totally agree. Um, so Mike, I I think we have to talk about Arizona a little bit with Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. I don't know. Oh if yeah, half green representation. I know exactly. He's isn't he? He's like a quarter. He's like a fourth. Yeah. Yeah, I think he, so. Like we take claim of him. He's got <laughs> green blood in him. He's Korean for sure. Young so, Haiku, man. Yeah, I know. R.I.P. I know exactly. That's exactly my thoughts. But Kyler Murray, first Korean guy to get drafted number one overall. I guess we could take that mm-hmm. claim. But um, it's kind of interesting. I was reading a news story with him and Cliff Kingsbury that was out today in terms of the installation of their plays for the week. In terms of Kingsbury, kind of asking. Um, Kyler Murray, like what his thoughts are on the playbook and what he likes 
um, what works, what doesn't work on the field. And Kingsbury was kind of talking about how hard it was to get um, Murray's opinion on things in terms of because he's such a quiet person um, on the field. And I wonder if that's going to affect his leadership role in the NFL as a quarterback. Or maybe yeah, I'm just I, reading too much into things, but I think it's kind of interesting. I thought it was a kind of interesting thing in terms of um, Murray being such a quiet and introverted type of figure. Yeah, I, it, a little concerning. I read into that. I mean, like, you, you want your head coach and quarterback to be in constant communication and be on the same page, right? So, um it's 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 definitely concerning and and honestly like a little bit more concerning for uh Kyler Murray like he, I would want my quarterback to be vocal like it it's tough to be a leader when you aren't talking to be very honest All right in my opinion right so so for Kyler Murray I do think that yeah I I wish him all the success in the league and for me, I, I don't think the Cardinals are going to have it this year. Um, yeah, uh, I'm out, way out. No, I'm honest. totally out on them, but I have a special rooting interest in Kyler Murray, him being quarter Korean, so he's Korean, and representing all the short guys out there, him being what, 5'10", and playing mm-hmm. NFL quarterback, which is impressive, or 5'11", whatever height he is. Um He's under six feet, definitely. So, like, just being able to see someone like that possibly succeed in that type of position and Arizona trusting and drafting him um, with number one overall pick shows that amount of trust. So that's kind of cool to see. I'm curious to see if he becomes, like, one of these, like, cult fantasy players that ends up helping teams uh, with his legs and his arm, but I don't expect much out of this Arizona team at all. Um, but I, I, I'm higher on Cliff Kingsbury as a coach. I know we got like some bad rap, but I'm a little higher on him as a coach than others are. I'm excited to see what kind of new things he might have in store. Yeah, agreed. Like offensively, like yeah, I wonder whether or not this the air raid attack that he's probably going to try to bring over from. Um, Texas Tech is going to be able to work in the NFL. So that's going to be, I think that's going to be really interesting and maybe a a bigger storyline as a whole in terms of this transition for college players going into the NFL being a lot easier with systems in place like Kingsbury's, if Kingsbury's system succeeds um, with the air raid offense in terms of like college players being able to adjust quicker if offenses like that are implemented into the NFL. I think that'll be mm-hmm. one of those interesting subplots, kind of, uh, especially if this Kingsbury offense succeeds, whether or not those some more of the spread concepts are going to be um, put into place in the NFL. So yep. that's going to be an interesting development, maybe in the macro sense of things for – uh, the NFL football in general. So, so Mike, yeah, in terms a, of the, me, uh, yep. Give me your six NF, NFC teams, and then after we'll do a quick Super Bowl prediction. Yeah, so for me, I'm I'm going to go with Rams as a one seed, Saints as a two seed, 
Um, third seed, it, well, it's, it, it's tough, but I don't want to be a prisoner to last year where it's like this is pretty much the same exact thing as last year. So, I, I mean, I, I'm going to go with what I think. Like, I still see the Bears, then Eagles as a fourth seed. Fifth seed, I'm going to have, yeah, I'm going to have the Falcons. And sixth seed, I'm going to have the Packers. Got it. So I, I'm going to go number one Rams. I'm pretty, I'm pretty positive on the Rams being number one. Number two, I'm going to have the, um, the Saints. Number three, the Eagles. Number four, I'm having the Bears. Number five, I'm having the Falcons. And then number six, I'm having the Minnesota Vikings. So it'll be, I think it's going to be a really interesting season. Um, I, I wonder if that Minnesota pick is going to burn me in the end. Um, but I, I think I trust that defense. I think that's kind of like what I'm looking at. And hopefully they're defensively, they're able to shore up a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, I think Minnesota is going to be that number six team. Um, but yeah, I think overall, just the depths in the NFC, it was kind of hard to try to parse out who's going to make the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah, I think that there's so many. Like, I I can imagine a world where the Bears don't make it. I can imagine a world where like the Falcons aren't in, uh, Packers aren't in. Honestly, even the Eagles potentially, right? So everything besides those top two, where we have the Saints and Rams, uh, it's up for grabs in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, Mike, give me your quick Super Bowl prediction. And then what we're going to move on to, and I know this podcast is already like an hour and a half, two hours long, but I just want to point to like the one game that you're looking forward to um, for this first week, and then we'll close it out. So Mike, Super Bowl predictions real quick. Who who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl and who do you think is going to win? For me, I like the Saints um, for the NFC. And in terms of the AFC, I'm going to go – I don't want to choose the Patriots again, but I'm thinking either the Steelers or the Chiefs. Got it. So I'll go – so I'll put a line in the sand. I'm going to go – hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll have to go with the Chiefs. And do we have, like, an early who do you think is going to win? For me, I'll, I'll say the Saints. Got it, the Saints. Okay, so I actually do have, um, uh, even though I was a little lower on the Saints this year, I do have the Saints versus the Patriots, and I think the Patriots are going to win again. And it's, like, so hard to choose as a Jets fan, but, like, I think at this point, the Patriots pretty much get a pass into the Super Bowl until they've pretty much proven otherwise, or basically until Tom Brady retires. Like I I I see what you're doing. I I like the reverse jinx we're putting on them. So, yeah, no. Patriots. Patriots for the Super Bowl. Anything yeah, totally. Reverse jinx it all the way. Hopefully it ends up working out. So, Mike, um, before we end the podcast, give me your week one 
most exciting game and maybe just like something to look forward to in week one? Yeah, I'll do I'll do a quick one for the week one and then, you know, obviously we I do want to spend like a quick two minutes on fantasy, get your thoughts on who we think is like you know, who 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 is your skill for the fantasy and who maybe like do you kind of regret Okay, I got things. a fa- I got fantasy and, stories for you too. So and yeah, uh, next and yeah, so for me, like the week one uh, game to watch, like I really am interested in the Jets. I I, I want to see if they have potential there. So well, I'll choose the Jets as one quick one. Uh, obviously, a lot of buys. Packers Bears tomorrow. You know, I know you're not as high on the Packers, but for me, like I do think that the Packers could win this game, and you know. Aaron Rodgers beat them on one leg last year. Let's see what kind of magic he has this year. Um, finally, other games that seem interesting, Chiefs-Jaguars. This is a sneaky game where, like, it's Jacksonville home game, but I could see some upset potential here. I do think that the Jaguars can win this game. Um, besides that, Steelers-Patriots. Um, Steelers-Patriots and Texans Saints. Yeah, there are a lot of really good games here. Really Patriots good. Comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really, really good. Steelers Patriots comes to mind. Um, no, I like the Patriots here. It's at home at Foxborough, but always a really close game. I do think the Steelers got robbed last year. Um, clearly a touchdown. Yeah. We'll 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 uh, we'll chalk it up to Patriots left again. But for Texan Saints. Um, yeah, I just want to see how legitimate the Saints are. Like, there was a period where the Saints looked like, dominant last season, blowing teams out by like 30 points, 20 points, 40. Points. Like, they were dominant. So I want to see if how how strong they are able to start the season against a pretty pretty strong Texans team. Right. So I I mean I think overall, you know. If I had to predict anything, I'll be on the couch watching a lot of football this weekend. Just like yep. college football is back as well. So Saturday is just done, just watching the college football games. Sunday, like starting at one after the Jets, you know, watching the Jets Bills play. Like you have all these good games that you listed out. Falcons Vikings could be really good. Packers Bears, like we mentioned on Thursday night. Chiefs Jaguars is going to be fairly interesting. Rams Panthers, can you like that? Like I'm curious what's going to happen there. And then you point to Steelers Patriots Sunday night, and then Texans Saints Monday. Like basically four days of football is going to be amazing. Like watching Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday. Like I like there's not much to really complain about now that football's back in my life. Um, so really excited about the football season to start, um, this year. And I just can't wait to see what happens and, uh, inevitably overreact to week one results. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. Like a lot, a lot of really good games. Um, and moving over to fantasy now. So the ones that I just want to talk about, you know, I, I'm in two leagues, um, and we'll talk about fantasy at the end of, you know, every week, but, yeah, who, who do you who do you think was like a nice little skill you got in the draft, and and um, who do you kind of regret? Okay, so there are a lot there was a lot of controversy even just starting up this draft because last year, as I kind of outlined throughout the season, there was a lot of fantasy drama for my league in terms of 
I hope all of you guys that are listening, especially the guys that are in my league that are listening, there was all this drama about trades and fairness, collusion, all that type of stuff. And then even to start out the league this year, we had a set time in terms of doing a live draft. That gets gets nixed because some person has a conflict uh, in schedule the day of letting us pretty much know, like, the day before that there was a conflict uh, that they ended up having. So we ended up doing like a Yahoo online draft, which is fairly disappointing, especially compared to last year when we had the live um, draft um, format when people were making dumb decisions in the moment because they were feeling pressured, uh, including me. So like it, it, it was, it took the, the luster out of drafting this year. Um, just being online on Yahoo. Um, I had the fourth pick, and we're in, I'm in a standard standard league, snake draft, 10-team league. I had the fourth pick. I ended up picking Christian McCaffrey at four. So, That's a pretty good value, yeah. Yeah, so Christian McCaffrey at four. Then I got Julio Jones in the second round. And then wow. third round, I got Juju. But I what? think... Wait, this is a 10-person... Yep, ten team league. So, I I think wow. I made out pretty well with those three guys. My only regret might be taking, and this is kind of ridiculous to say, but my only regret might have been taking Julio over Travis Kelsey, just because Travis Kelsey of what Travis Kelsey provides um, in terms of him being a tight end. And the, the, I guess the, the difference between him as the tight, top tight end in comparison to some of the other guys, um, like George Kittle, Tra- um, Zach Ertz, and then there being a huge drop off in tight end. Whereas in wide receivers, there's a little bit more, there's a lot more depth with wide receivers in those middle rounds. So I might have been able to get a, a middle round wide receiver just looking back. Um, on my draft. So maybe that's my only regret. But other than that, there's not many um, regrets. I ended up taking Russell Wilson as my quarterback. Um, my second running back is Devonta Freeman, who is coming back from injury. I have Marlon Mack being my um, my flex. Mike Williams is my is my third wide receiver. So and then I have Jared Cook as Jared Cook, who I ended up taking as my tight end. So I have some really good pieces. Um, and, you know, what I realized, fantasy is a crapshoot. You could kind of, like, draft as well as you want, but let's say one of these guys ends up getting injured or three of them gets injured, God forbid, not, and I'm finding wood to knock on right now, so those things don't happen this year. But you just never know what happens. But overall, I was pretty happy with my draft and how it turned out. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on fantasy with um, all the stuff and chicanery that ended up happening in my league? Yeah, so, honestly, you made out really well in that league. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over to my team. If I had that kind of draft luck, I would be so happy with your team. So, two, two teams. I'll keep it relatively quick since we're you know, finishing up the podcast. But... On my first league, 10-person league, 
seventh pick in the draft. I felt great about getting David Johnson um, in, in as a seventh pick, right? Really was high on David Johnson, happy with that. But then I just got screwed, right? Um, so that's my nice pick of the draft, getting David Johnson um, over someone like Le'Veon Bell or Hopkins. But for that second round, you know, got Juju, was kind of hoping I'd get OBJ to fall to me, but unfortunately he was taking two picks before. Um, and in the third round, that's when things start to unwind. Like, I had my eyes on Kerryon Johnson and Leonard Fournette, Devontae Freeman, um, and all of them got chosen. Like, those were the first, like, the three picks before me. So I had to settle with Josh Jacobs, who, you know what, I didn't do too much research on him, but people are very high on, so, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Fortunately, it got worse in the round four. Really wanted, like, Adam Thielen, who, like, pick before me as well. So I had to settle for Brandon Cooks. Um, and I chose Brandon Cooks over like Stefan Diggs. But I really kind of was panicking there. Like, kind of, yeah, not sure if Brandon Cooks over Stefan Diggs uh, made the most sense. But not, not, not overall too happy with my team for the 10-person league. Uh, ended up with Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback, David Johnson as my running back, Jeff, Josh Jacobs, Juju, Brandon Cooks, uh, Vance McDonald, and Marlon Mack. Um, so, yeah, I, I give myself an average grade there. On the second league, a little bit better. It's a 15-person league. Okay. Um, wow, that's uh, interesting. So someone gets a bye week every week. Yep, someone gets a bye week every week. I'm playing the absolute worst team in the league. I don't know what this guy was drafting, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you know the team that he has right after um, you know, I tell you my team. But I think I made out a little bit better in this league. Got James. So I think I was like the like 12th pick or something. And can um, you also yeah. explain there's a defensive player that you have individual defensive player uh, limited to a linebacker that has to be chosen in this league? Yeah, yeah. So besides having a defense, we have a linebacker, something new that we wanted to do to spice up the league. Um, yeah, I, I've never seen it before. I did no research on this. I just chose whoever was available. Didn't even like consider linebackers until like the very end. But for, for me, I had the 11th pick. Felt pretty good with getting James Conner. Um, this is, both of them are half-point PPR. James Conner as the 11th pick. Feel good about that. Um, but then, you know, because 15, <laughs> we were going for scraps at the end, but um, in that second round, I was able to get Travis Kelsey at the 20th pick. Uh, great value, and the pick right after chose George Kittle. <laughs> so, you know, pretty glad I was able to get Travis Kelsey um, in the second round. Besides that, I got, you know, Marlon Mack again, Cooper Cup. Jarvis Landry, Geis, um, and this is like a 15-person league, so e even though it doesn't sound great, I I think that it's a pretty solid 15-person <laughs> league. Ben Roethlisberger as my quarterback, right? Um, and for me, like the team that I'm playing is 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 really bad, really bad. Like everyone's projected points total, uh, you know, because we're adding like a linebacker, it's like over 100, right, in ESPN. So it's about 102. 
this person I'm playing as an 80. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and I'm reading it like everyone else has like 95, like 97, 100, 105. This guy has Patrick Mahomes, great quarterback, Devin Singletary as his RB1, Jalen Richards as his RB2. <laughs> Jalen Richard, okay. Uh, Julian Edelman is his WR1. Sammy Watkins is a WR2. He has Matt Lacoste, the New England tight end, as his tight end. Um, A.J. Green, who's out <laughs> as a flex. Levante Davis, uh, David as linebacker, Titans defense, and random kicker. But it, it's a pretty pretty sad team. So my greatest shame will be if I lose to this team the first week. Like, I, I might retire. And you might, and the thing is, you might have to retire next week because since we spoke it into existence, it's definitely going to happen. So, um, I wish you the best of luck in that week, Mike, because it just seems like 15 teams just, I, I don't know. I don't know if you're doing this with, uh, your, your college friends or whatnot. Um, but it just seems like you added a, a different variable. This is a smart guy's league adding a, linebacker variable that I think a lot of normal people don't do is kind of interesting, but also the weirdest thing ever with the 15 team league, especially odd, odd numbers in a league. That's really interesting in itself as well. So, um, Mike, thanks for coming back on to the pod and yeah, we're definitely looking forward to the weekly podcast again, returning. We get, we get football every week till February. Um, what a um, gift what a gift that keeps on giving so we're looking forward to uh the thursday night game tomorrow um or today as it's one thir- two o'clock here so i'm looking forward to that game mike thanks again for coming on look forward to having you on next week as we kind of dissect and overreact to game one or, or week one of the nfc NFL season. So thanks again for coming on to the podcast as we preview the NFL season. And if you guys, listeners, haven't subscribed, liked, um, share the podcast, please do everything you can to uh, help support it. So thanks again, guys, for listening in. And if you guys are still alive listening, um, thank you um, for for all the continued support. So look out for a continued NFL podcast, and also uh, the NBA is going to be coming up soon. FIBA, the FIBA tournament is happening. Team USA almost lost in overtime to Turkey, so that there's a real possibility that the U.S. ends up losing in this FIBA tournament. So that's exciting, and there's going to be continued Premier League podcasts that I have coming out with Tyler, Hedjun, all my friends. So. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah, and I'll be in the full swing of podcasts doing two a week uh, doing soccer and uh, football uh, for the foreseeable future. So thanks again, guys. Be on the lookout for all of those. And thanks again, Mike, for coming on to the pod. I got a girl with a mind on love. The kind of love that is dangerous It knocks me down but I get back up And I'm addicted, I can't get enough